Okay, so get this. Today we have David A. Howard, attorney at law, on the podcast. Today is going to be a quick little sneak peek for you guys uh, on what's coming on tomorrow. And then next week we have James Chapman again on For the Grinder. And it's going to be a good one. So pay attention. Let me know what you think. And don't forget to subscribe and share out this podcast. It really means a lot. Okay, so get this. Today we have David A. Howard, attorney at law. Give us a little bit of details about yourself and how you got into being an attorney, my man. Okay. Um, I'm from Georgia, mm-hmm. one of the few natives that stayed in the area. I grew up in Clayton County, went to college at Georgia State and then law school at Mercer. Planned on going to work for the FBI. Yep. And... Uh, that, that just the cards didn't align for that, so I started to work with a third year practicum with the district attorney's office. Very cool. And uh, did that for a bit. And then private practice, the money's got to pay off their student loan somehow. Always. So I started doing real estate up in Cobb Parkway, mm-hmm. and it led its way to an office in Stockbridge and kind of matured from there. Yeah. So, what made you want to start your own business? Uh, in some forms, it was necessity. I mean, I was working for a very good firm, a very uh, fairly large firm, yeah. and uh, when the market went bust, it was exceptionally hard on the south side, as, as you're right. aware. Right. Um, there was a disproportionate effect on it, and it was high in foreclosures, and I think they just kind of lost their taste for, for uh, wanting to do uh, that type of closings, and, and I, I think they had some concerns about how soon the market would recover. Right. Um, we discussed it and I just decided that it was time to go out on my own. I've been practicing for a little over 11 years, so I felt like I had the experience and wanted to give it a, a swing. Yeah, and you definitely have done that. Um, so to kind of give us an idea, what what do you do being David A. Howard, attorney at law? Well, we're primary, primarily <clears throat> a residential real estate mm-hmm. closing firm. Uh, we, we don't do a whole lot of commercial. We'll dabble in it a little bit. But 99% of the business that we do is residential real estate, which gotcha. is closings. Uh, we mm-hmm. handle the title search, reviewing and clearing the title, the closing of the transaction, recording, right. all, all the legality of when you go purchase a house. 100%. And you guys do a hell of a job doing well, thank that. thank you. Yeah. I've always, I always enjoy closing with you. You always right. have something to take care of. So. I'm glad to hear that. Thank you. That's good to know. For sure. So what do you like most about being, you know, either in law or selling, you know, not selling real estate, but being a mediator in the sale of real estate? Well, that's, that's kind of two separate questions. Yep. To answer it, I love the law. Mm-hmm. I just, I always have. I've always found the law fascinating. Right. Um, the interpretation of the law, how time and history affects the way we interpret from a constitutional perspective in, all the way down to, to local municipalities and ordinances. The law is just a fascinating subject to right. me. Um, what I... I like about this part of the job is the people. I know that sounds crazy, but I enjoy meeting new people. I get to meet new people that are added to our community every single day. Right. And, and it's great. You get to see people from all walks of life who, who've come from other places, other countries, um, other perspectives, and, and it really expands the way that, that you get to see humanity. It, it's really a cool thing to do to get to see people in, in, in their comfort level, and you get them talking about their jobs and what they enjoy and what they like to do. And a lot of times it's something you know nothing about, yeah. just to hear somebody else talk about it. And you're like, wow, that's really cool. So I feel like you get to know people in the community, you get to know perspectives that you would not normally see. Right. And that's that's true. I mean, that, that's basically you know the same reason why, why I enjoy real estate is... For that exact same reason, you get to meet someone new almost every day, mm-hmm. 
and it, sh- it, it drives that hunger to understand people, yeah. which is that that's hard in, you know in itself, but yeah, it, it, it's definitely there. So, what is it? What is one thing that you strive for in business? Well, and there's always <clears throat> ways to do things. Right. I, I see this in every profession. Every profession has ways to do things. Yeah. At the end of the day, though, there's always a right way to do something. 100%. Uh, I want my firm to do it the right way. Uh, I, I, I see other businesses that, that I feel like cut corners, not, not necessarily law firms, but just businesses that cut corners. Right. I never want to be part of that. I never want to be an organization that cuts corners. Sometimes uh, you have to do it the hard way, but the right way is not always the hard way. Right. Most of the time, the right way leads to the easiest path. Yeah. So, at the end of the day, at professionally, I want to do it the right way, no matter what it is, whether it's, it's uh, a closing or a title search for somebody, whether we're representing an investor on a purchase, right. whether we're researching title for somebody who's handling some estate stuff, whatever it is, I want to make sure we do it once and we do it right. And that, that, I think that point blank says everything you know, that, that I've learned about you and, and from being around you. You know, that's that that comes from the way that you carry yourself and everything that you do is, is really driven through that. And I well, can, thank you. That's, that's very nice. Noticeable. Very kind of you, sir. You're very welcome. I'm getting a phone call. And it is You're popular. Up. Yeah, uh, especially today. Um, <clears throat> so we, we, we dove into that. And is there anything else that you want to go further into detail on that? Or Well, I, want, I think one thing that separates us from a, a lot of other firms was the way I was trained. I, I Once again, I was trained by a, a fairly large firm, and they really indoctrinated in us early on. The attorney needs to be hand, involved in every aspect of the transaction. Right. And I remember when I went to work for them, that was strange because all the other firms I'd worked for had not done that. Right. So I was really impressed with that mindset, and I, I, I completely adopted that, whether it's the title search, the title clearance, you have an attorney involved in every phase of this transaction. So yep. if an issue occurs, you bring something to the table. Most of the time, it's not something that I haven't already been made aware of. It's right. not something that I'm not already working on. Right. So there's no look of a deer in headlights. Right. So I think that's one thing that sets us apart from a lot of businesses in this area, that from the top to the bottom, you have the same people involved in the same transaction. 100%. And when you need something, it's very easy to get a hold of you good. or someone that, that works under you. That's good. And that, that, makes, that makes my job a lot easier to make sure that everything is, is in line for closing. So that's, that's always Go. a big plus. Um, <clears throat> next thing is, do you have a mentor? We, we kind of do this, we, to go back a little bit, we do this in two phases. We talk about your business and, and what you strive for because a lot, of, a lot of our listeners like to listen to that. They want to understand you know, who the business owner is and then what they, what they strive for and who they are. Sure. So the next little thing is, is kind of what we dive into and it gets to know you and in, in general just kind of just dives into a little bit more depth of, of who you are. Well, I didn't really follow an attorney growing up mm-hmm. um, or, or when I got into practice. Um, but of course there's been mentors in my life I would be remiss if I didn't first point out my mom and my dad. Right. I mean, learning the work ethic from my father, um, you, you're the first one in, you're the last one to leave. Right. Um, 
he he had a work ethic that, that was unrivaled. And from my mother, an ability and, and desire to question things, to yeah. look for a deeper answer. Just don't accept necessarily the status quo and, and to listen to more. Um, I, I think I have friends that are growing up that either younger or, or uh, you know, family that, that definitely influenced the way I am. Right. I, I couldn't do this without, with my, my mom and my dad, I couldn't do this without my wife because she is intricately involved in this business. It's a family-owned business. Right. She handles all our HR stuff. So mentor per se, I, I've, I've had teachers and parents and right. things like that that definitely structured the person that I became. Um, and I have to thank them. So I would have to include them as my mentors. Okay. So, and, okay, so going into that, mm -hmm. how do you, in, in your eyes, how do you say, okay, this is someone that I need to follow? Well, I think you find admirable qualities in anything. Mm -hmm. and, and it doesn't necessarily have to be within your profession. Right. I, I think you see, I had a teacher in 11th grade uh, that, that instilled a love for literature. Right. I, I've had... People that I've worked out with over the years that you, you just see their heart that just never quit. Right. You, I think you find qualities that you admire in people, yeah. and, and and you st you get around good people. If you're around people that are quality, right. you can't help but grow right along with them. Right. If if you lay down with dogs, you get fleas. If you're 100%. around great people, 100%. you can't help but want to emulate them. Right. So are you a big are you big on saying that? The top five people that you hang around are who you become. Well, I think I think you, you can absorb aspects of them. I think at the end of the day, strong people are going to be who they are. Right. Uh, but I think if you're smart, yeah, you you'll absorb the best qualities from them, and hopefully that they'll rub off on you, and you'll pick up the things that they do well. Right. And I have a friend that is very good about handling. Uh, uh, anger when when something occurs that he was unexpected. He's the best I've ever seen about managing that situation. Right. I don't. I'm not at his level, but I'd like to be someday. And the best way to be that is, in my opinion, is to see him, watch how he handles it, and grow from it. That's big. So yeah. I like that because I think I think there's always something that you can learn from someone. Absolutely, everyone. Exactly, and what, whether that person is, you know, maybe not 100 percent of who you need to be, but there's always something you can pull. To say either, okay, well, that's something that I don't want to become, mm -hmm. and this is something that I do want to become, and then to use that. Well, Bruce Lee's old quote was, absorb what's useful. Right. So take what you can use, take what you can make functional, yeah. and I think that's a great philosophy to have in life. 100%. I love it. Um, so what is your biggest inspiration? Ah, uh, biggest inspiration. Mm -hmm. um, I find... Uh, and it's so cheesy to see these, but I, I find the individuals who make sacrifices for their family to be a, a huge inspiration. It, people that overcome disabilities, whether physical, emotional, mental, whatever it may be, I, I'm always inspired by individuals like right. that. Um, I, I find it amazing to see that the strength that, that humanity as a whole can overcome. Right. Uh, Marcus Aurelius once said there was nothing in life man was not born to endure. 100%. Um, and I'm always amazed at, at you see people overcoming things that you just say, you know, I hope this never happens to me, but had this happened to me, would I should have the strength? 
So you know those feel good stories. Yeah. I, you know I'm a sucker for the feel good stories. I, I don't watch. I don't like watching television to be depressed. I, I want to see the true feel good stories about the best of man. Uh, yeah, and and that I think that a lot of people nowadays you you go into whether it be social media or the TV or news. There's always that so much of it is just negative Absolutely. content, and you, if you surround yourself by that, I think you're your your mind takes a whole different turn and it it's, it can have a big negative impact and negativity seems to to stockpile it and, mm-hmm. and and grow and grow and grow the old mm-hmm. saying you know about you have two wolves battling there yeah. the one that you feeds the one that's going to win right feed the good one right so. yeah cuz that's that's I the only, with that I think everybody does yeah. everybody does and and to find that that balance of good, you know, almost good versus versus evil. I mean, and that that's a constant battle daily. Sure. And that can even run from, you know, waking up in the morning. What is the first thing that you're going to do? Is it going to be, you know, ten push-ups? Is it going to be make your bed, mm-hmm. or is it going to be get on social media and, yep. and procrastinate for, you know, forty-five minutes yeah. when you could be doing, you know, that other thing? Absolutely. And I think that positive can, versus negative. Can I do yeah. something positive so I get some growth out of it? Right. Right, and I, I, I mean, I, I even find myself daily sure. coming to that. And I'm like, okay, well, I can look at my phone, go through my emails real quick, or I can go ahead and you know make my bed, get out of bed, and start you know doing Absolutely. everything that I need to do. So but that's my, my wife would tell you that uh, I probably need to look at less social media and make my bed. So. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. It's a, it's a, my, it's my a process it's growth there. It's it's a process of growth. So we go into what keeps you going. You know, they when pay me. <laughs> yes, that that is a big thing. Yeah. Um, but besides that, to go deeper, what what drives you to get out of bed in the morning when you just had you know the shit of it? Uh, well, I think it's twofold, and and mm-hmm. I, I think the answer is the same. I think it goes back to the work ethic that my mom and dad instilled me. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom and dad were baby boomers, and, right. and baby boomers did not have a healthy work balance, okay? Right. They, they worked, they worked, they worked, they worked. Um, but my dad didn't do this because, you know, he was greedy or he wanted mo- money. He did it because he wanted to put a roof over yeah. our heads. My mom sacrificed because they wanted to my brother and I to have a better life. Mm-hmm. So I think there, at the end of the day, there's an obligation that I willingly accept to do the same for my wife and my daughter, right. that, that I have an obligation to in, to honor their sacrifice to get up when I don't want to and I've, I've got congestion and yeah. I don't feel good just going to work most of the time you get out of the house you feel a little bit better yes and um, it's not like I'm digging ditches either yeah. I mean there's people that have hard jobs you know it's, yeah. it's easy to sit there and feel sorry for yourself and like I don't feel good and then you think about it you know I'm not in Afghanistan and nobody's shooting at me right I'm gonna go to an air conditioned office and slave over a hot computer I right. mean it's not that hard. Right. And they're going to pay me a lot more money than I'm worth to do it. Yeah. So get up and just go do it. It's, just get it done. Yeah. It's not it's that hard. hard. It's and not that right. hard. And you're right. And a lot of people mis, misunderstand that. They, they take it to the point of, if I just get out of bed, I don't want to get other people sick. Well, yes, I understand the, the concept there. But it's if you can work from home, work from home. Mm-hmm. 
but it's it's about getting out of the bed, going through that that whole first step. Well, there's a difference between I got a sniffle and I got a 103 <laughs> fever. You got yeah. 103 fever, you don't want to contaminate your office. Right, yeah. You got the sniffles because it's spring congestion. Yeah. Cowboy up most yeah. of the time. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So, how do you go from when you have a really bad week and beyond just getting out of the bed and just getting into the office? What what is that drive to say other than just work ethic? Because a lot of people they understand work ethic, but sometimes they, they, they get clouded. So what is what is a good way for let's say someone's having a really bad week? What what would your advice be to them to say, hey, just get it and just the uh, I, I was watching a, a it was a, a poetry reading mm-hmm. and the guy was very inspirational. The guy was talking about he was going through a list of circumstances. One of them was the you ever see the movie I think it's seventy two hours? Yeah. The guy gets his arm caught and he eventually has to cut off his own arm yeah. with a pocket knife. And they asked him about it and his quote was, It could have been worse. When your day's bad yeah. and, and it's easy to say this a lot of times and I I struggle with this because I'll find myself whining. Yeah. I'll go home and I'll just start whining and I can just see it in my, my poor wife's eyes. She'd be like just Get it out of your system. Let it go. Right. But I try and I struggle, but I'm trying to think about, you know, these problems really aren't that bad. Yes. Yes. There's... there's, Micro versus macro. I I saw a a friend of mine uh, was posting some stuff and they they lost their child. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it puts everything in perspective. It does. they're, They're... making money for a foundation over in India, um, Jam for Jude. And, you know, I just think, how strong is Zach and Rachel? How strong are they to keep going? Yeah. And not only that, turn something horrible into something good. And I find strength in people like that. Yeah. And that helps put things in perspective that at the end of the day, your life's not that bad. Yeah. My life's super blessed. Right. I mean, I, I I couldn't be any luckier. Not that I'm not that I'm, not that I'm superstitious, but yeah. so I mean, I, I don't struggle with those issues most days. Yeah. I just don't because I don't deal with real. I deal with third world problems. Yeah, you know, my, I crack my computer, my my iPhone screen. I don't deal with real world problems right now, and I'm yeah. blessed about that. Yeah, and that's 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 one of those things that you you have to understand what the difference is between. A macro problem and a micro problem. One of the things that I have on my board is, what if your entire family died tomorrow? Yeah. And that brings your head back to everything that that really, really matters. You can have business that that you were planning on closing this month, mm-hmm. this month, and this month, and it all goes to hell. It's not that big of a deal. Yep. Get back on it and run. Mm-hmm. And and. I, I find myself, and that took me a while to understand that. Absolutely. And well, you're still young, too. Yeah. So, I mean, you'll grow, yeah. and, and it'll, get, it'll get easier. Yeah. Um, hopefully, you won't have any real loss for a while. Yeah. And, but have some, when you do, it's inevitable. That'll help put things in perspective as yeah. well. Yeah, because I think, I think once you get under that, that belt of it mm-hmm. and understand that there's real problems out yep. there, and you not having... You having a bad work week yeah. is not one of those problems. No. And a lot of people, I think, when, when when everybody that I'm hearing from now, and we kind of tap into this every now and then, 
the people that are graduating college now, they're, they, they may not be able to find a job in their field, and they are, they're stressing. Mm-hmm. And so it runs into a problem of like, they get discouraged. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think they, they're missing the concept of that in general. Is sure. That is a problem, but it's not that big of a problem. There's always something you can do to maneuver around that. And you do, if you have to, if you have to eat it for a year, yeah. eat it. Sometimes you got to. Yeah. And I think uh, once the baby gen- boomer generation had a great workout, work ethic, but they had terrible work to, to family relationships. Mm-hmm. And the millennials, everybody has a tendency to pigeonhole millennials and, you know, they're this and they're that. Uh, most of it is a negative connotation. It's just got different priorities and they got different strengths. Their increased knowledge of technology makes things a lot easier yeah. and they embrace it. Where, where my generation, which is, I guess, Generation X, Generation Y, somewhere around yeah. there, we're somewhere caught in between. Mm-hmm. And um, I still have problems. I see all this stuff you have here and I'm like, <laughs> going, wow, look at all that. Yeah. I feel like my grandmother, you know, with her VCR just blinking 12 o'clock and <laughs> are not changing it. But um, I think the millennials, I think you're right. I think the, the new generation, sometimes you, you gotta, you're not going to start off at six, 60, 70 grand necessarily. Yeah. You may have to work that job to get where you want to be. Yeah. But the old saying, don't dress for the job you have, dress for the job you want. Sometimes you, you, you prepare for the job you want by having a job you don't want. Yeah. And it, it gets you to where you need to be at the end of the day. Right. And I think running from that to someone who would want to hire somebody mm-hmm. who was getting out of college to show that, and I've, I've had a few conversations about this, but to show that you're willing to eat it for a year and... You know, you, you, you go through the process of, okay, well, I got my job. Mm-hmm. It's not what I want, nor is it even in my field. Nope. Okay, well, eat it. Go. Go through that. And then, you know, keep applying throughout that process. It's not just because you have a job that you need to stop. Yeah. It's, it's a constant, if you're looking to grow and you're looking to become in that position, it's a constant growth and you need to be constant with with that. And a lot of times where you think that you should you want to go is not where you're going to wind up going. And a lot of times you achieve things that you've always wanted and you realize this isn't, grass is always greener. This Mm -hmm. isn't really what I want. So, you know, sometimes maybe you're starting somewhere else to lead you to an eventual goal somewhere else. Yeah, Yeah. and that's that's big because, I mean, I I still don't, (laughs) I still don't even think I'd be here today, you know what I mean, Um, doing what I'm doing. But that, that's one of those things. It, it it's it's been beneficial for mm-hmm. me to be here. I've met some amazing people, sure. and it's it's put me in a really good place in my life. And this may not be where you wind up. And you're right. I mean, and you you this may be the job that introduces you to somebody else. It's gonna take you to be a snake charmer in India. I don't yeah. know. Hey, I'm I'm totally cool with that. Hey, I'm not afraid of snakes. I'm afraid of spiders. So, <laughs> um, so to go into the next little gap that we have, I almost said, why did you open up your own business? But we've already tied in Yes. So the next thing is going to be, what advice do you have for young professionals? Mm -hmm. We'll we'll do that and then we'll go into the next one. So what advice do you have for young professionals coming into... This industry? This industry. Well, Mm -hmm. the legal field is tough right now. Right. Because the downturn of the economy for so many years 
a lot of firms weren't hiring. Yeah. Okay. And, and it used to be that if you graduated from an ABA approved school, fairly close to your top of your class, you had a job with a very prestigious firm. Yeah. It got to the point where during the downturn, the market was so convoluted with attorneys and basically more attorneys in practice or people in law school than attorneys in practice. It's just a flooded field that. Right. You could hire somebody with five or six years experience for an introduction level salary. Yep. We're seeing this come back full circle uh, where we're seeing a lot more firms hire uh, lawyers now. Mm-hmm. Um, I, if somebody who was interested in real estate law, I would advise them to find a firm and intern during the summer yeah. for free. Yeah. For free. And, and eat it. And eat that. Yep. And enjoy it. See if you like it. See if yeah. this is where you want to be. See yeah. if this is something you want to do. Yeah. Uh, I would also advise anybody who ever wants to be a, a closing attorney to do Toastmasters or something like that yeah. because you better get used to speaking in front of people. Yeah. If you're not comfortable speaking in front of groups of people, then you're never going to make it in this industry. I will say this. I have met a few attorneys just being in, in the job field that, that I am because, you know, we close. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And when we close, you, you, you get to meet different attorneys. Sure. Um, preferably you. I like that. <laughs> but there are, there are times. Um, and there's other times I've met some attorneys that are just very awkward. Yeah. When it comes, and it's very monotone. And this, it, it's honestly, here's your paperwork, here's your paperwork. I'm going to go through this paperwork. And nothing else is said other than the paperwork. Yeah. Um, and that, it's dull. Yeah. And I, you're like, okay, we, we just closed, but I don't feel like we closed. I feel like we just sat through um, class. Yeah. You know? I got lectured. Right. And I think that has a really big difference on understanding anybody. If you go through law school, you get out of law school and you decide that you want to become an attorney. And you decide, you, you, you decide that you want to become a closing attorney. Mm-hmm. Well, that's fine. And that's great. I mean, you're, that, that, that's a good field. But if you don't have the personality, is, yeah, and you definitely have a personality, well, I and, do love the sound of my own voice. Yeah, and I think it, it creates a it creates an environment that people love. Yeah, well, good. Yeah. That's what I want. The, and, the the thing is, it's learning to read a room. Mm-hmm. You get in certain transactions, and where you can just see that mm-hmm. these people are, are just nervous. Yeah, that may be not that that may not be the time to crack jokes. Right. Then again, it may be. Yeah. You know, and then it's just trial and error. I've, I've been lucky enough to handle quite a few transactions over a 14, 15 year career where I've gotten an opportunity to try to read rooms. Yeah. Now, am I always right? Good Lord, no. I've, yeah. I've told jokes and completely alienated people before. Right. But at the end of the day, you represent the lender. Your right. legal obligation is to get them through the lender's interest taken care of. Right. But you still have a moral and ethical obligation to explain the documentations where the parties know what they're signing. Right. You sh- that's what you're supposed to do, right. and anything less than that, I, I don't. I think you may be meeting the letter of the law, but you're not meeting the intent of the law. Right. And I think that's that's a bigger thing. The what was the intent? Right. So, uh, I enjoy the closing process. Once it gets to that point, it's it's you know it's showtime. It's yeah. it's an opportunity to to talk to people and learn people and. and Find out what they like. Right. I like to ask questions in closing more so than, hey, everybody look at me. Tell me about yourself. Right. Because uh, I like finding out about people. Yeah. Um, it's, just a, it's just a great opportunity to get to know people and at the same time review documentation and make sure it's signed right. right. They know what they're signed. They're comfortable where they're at. Because that's, that's your obligation at the end of the day. And you're right. So I want to go into a little bit further 
into into that. So let's say someone is getting into because you, you've you've played the you've played the field not only as a closing attorney but as a prosecutor, correct? Yeah, I was with okay. the district attorney's office so, in third year practicum. Right, I could totally see. You doing that. Um, so with, with that being said, someone who's getting into the law field, mm-hmm. what what advice do you have for them to say? They, they may not know what type of law they want to do. Sure. What what do you have? Find something you love. Mm-hmm. I mean, find something you're interested in. If, if you like being outdoors or you want to protect the environment, there, that's the wonderful thing about the law. Mm-hmm. It touches almost every aspect of commerce. Right. It touches almost everything. So there's some field of law for you if you want to be a lawyer. You can find it. A lot of it's trial and error. Yeah. The idea of, of doing family law, I, I would... That, that's like nails on a chalkboard to me. Mm-hmm. I, I just I, I have no interest in doing family law. Right. It's, it's not something that I want to do. I, I see the the strife and, and the, the anger. I, I, I could see why so many family law attorneys have issues on their own because it takes a very strong person. I respect the heck out of them. Right. But I don't think I have that strength to be able to do that day in and day out. And, yeah. and Stay sane. But there's somebody else out there who, who that's what they want to do. Yeah. I have friends that are child advocates that just, they want to get up in front of that court and fight for that child and fight for those those people. There's people who, uh, I have a friend that works with the uh, assistant, uh, the, um, in DeKalb County, uh, work representing indigent defense. Right. That's what he wants to do. So it just depends on where you want to be and what you want to do. You can find it. Yeah. Go get a law degree, even if you never practice law. Most of the time, you got a job. Yeah. Most of the time, you can find us employment somewhere. Right. So, someone who's who's going through law school, mm-hmm. what what advice would you give them? Should they go and do law school full time, or should they do it part time and get a job on the side? That wasn't even an option for me, yeah. um, because the school I went to didn't offer a part time. Mm-hmm. But I would have never graduated if I didn't fully engulf myself. Right. Um, I, I struggled as as it is uh, with with law school. Right. I mean, I, I had difficulties. I, I remember getting my first grades back, and I'm like, "Was this like a first offer? Can I counter <laughs> this?" Uh, uh, I wasn't used to seeing C's. Right. I, I didn't make those in undergrad. I did well in undergrad, so uh, it, it was a it was a rude awakening. But I had to fully engulf myself. Everybody else is different. Um, I believe Georgia State offers a part-time program. Georgia State's a fine institution, and and for those that that want to maybe take five years to do it, and I, I, good for them. You know, I think that I think you have to find the fit that's right for you. Yeah. Okay. So now I want to go and step out of that. We're still the same concept. For someone who is is getting out of college and is looking to move into their field, mm-hmm. what what advice would you give them to, you know, wh- whether it be applying for jobs or just figuring out what they want to do? I mean, twofold. Yeah. Um, if there's a field you know you want to go into, uh, apply for the job, even if you don't qualify. You never know. Yeah. Uh, that's what they told me in uh, um, job assistance in, in law school. Even if you don't, you're not top third or something. Go ahead and apply for it. You never know. You might get an interview. Right. You may wow. If you don't know. Um, what what uh, what type of field you want to go into? Find work somewhere. Find a full forty hour job somewhere because there's nothing worse as an employer for me. Right. When I look at somebody's resume and there's a huge gap of unemployment, yeah. you know, and I'm like, 
well, why were the three years where you didn't work somewhere? Yeah. Because in this uh, economy, when the market went bad, there were a lot of people that lost their jobs and yeah. went to other fields for several years. To see them on that, okay, they've got five years' experience in this industry, but they haven't done it in a few years, but they've been full-time over here. Right. looks a lot better on a resume to me than somebody, you know, like, man. And then to hear, oh, I was just holding out for the perfect job. Well, it right. must be nice to be have a trust fund because yeah. I got bills. Right. You know? So I would say find full-time employment somewhere. Right. Okay. So let's say, let's say they're having a hard time finding that career. Um, they've graduated, they have, they have their degree, and they're still having a hard time finding a job. Well, everybody's hiring right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, Chick-fil-A's hiring. I see signs everywhere. To hear people that you can't find employment right now, you may not have the job you want, but everybody's hiring right now. Right. We, we struggled for, for uh, uh, four to five months trying to, to fill a role for a closer. Yep. Um, so everyone's hiring. I, I see it on Indeed. I see every, you may not have the job you want, but if you want to work, you can find a job. Yeah, it, it might be customer service at, at Kohl's. Mm-hmm. And well, I don't want to do that. Well, do you want to work? You know, it's kind of, what well, do you want to eat? I want to eat. Well, go get a job. Yeah. So um, it's kind of the old rule, though. Look, in my household, you were either in school or you got a job. Mm-hmm. 100%. If you're either improving yourself academically or you need to be working. Yeah. So. I think there are a few a few cases where people don't get that. They, they, they just don't. Either a their parents don't give them that option, or they just weren't raised in the, in that yeah. that idea. And I think when when that happens, something gets lost. Sure, you know, and because that if 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 you're in school, great, mm-hmm. you're you're pushing yourself. But even if you're not in school, you shouldn't be. It's always good to have downtime, but you should not. You should have something supplementing your mind. Or body, you know, in, in in that sense, and you should be working. Yeah. Because if you're not doing one or the other, you're not doing anything. Well, the old adage, you know, idle hands are the devil's soul. Yeah. And and you're right. Yeah. Wow. You're right. I'd so, love to say that's original. But it's yeah, I know. I know you would. So going into that and tying everything up, we always do this one thing that if you could give someone advice, and it doesn't have to be career field, it doesn't have to be anything, what advice advice would you leave either a someone who is coming into work field or coming into, you know, a hard time in their life? It could be anything at all. Lay the hammer down. Uh, mm-hmm. Buy low, sell high. <laughs> no, um... And if you do, use that. It's a cool thing. There you go. Go ahead. Um... You know, it, it, it's easy to, when you've lived such a blessed life, to kind of sit back and say, you should do this and you should do that. Mm-hmm. Um, having suffered a loss fairly recently, I would tell people when they have tough times, grieve the way you need to grieve. Don't let anybody tell you they know how, they, how you feel. Yeah. Uh, do what you need to do. But at the end of the day, you got to get up. Mm-hmm. The the people that 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 leave us don't want us to stay down. Yeah. You got to get up, and uh, and once again, it, it you know I haven't had the tragedies throughout my whole life that a lot of people have. So I, I try not to give too much life advice. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but there's there's always somebody out there who's willing to listen. There's always somebody out there who's willing to help. Whether it's your clergy, whether it's your mom, whether it's your dad, yeah. whether it's a friend, whether it's a mentor. There's always somebody who's who who will help. Mm-hmm. You can find help, and don't be afraid to ask for it. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, we're gonna wrap it up there. Um, Thank you for having me. Always, man. It's it's a pleasure. We're gonna get all your details in the description. Good we do. might even run them on the. Uh, full document so it'll be good i appreciate it well i hope you guys really enjoyed that as much as i did it um it really means a lot to me that david was able to come on the podcast and and just kind of you know express himself and and share what he knows with us and it, it definitely means a lot so big shout out to david a howard please subscribe share like any way you guys can help us you know we're, we're definitely all about that and any way we can help you, you know, I'm, I'm an email away. 